can't use it. We can't replace can't it. fix it.
जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैता गदाधर श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जय गौरनिताय 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 जय गौरनिताय जय जगन्नाथ जगन्नाथ जय बलदेव जय सुभद्रा जय राधा बल्लभ राधा बल्लभ श्री राधे जय राधा बल्लभ राधा बल्लभ श्री राधे जय प्रभु पाद प्रभु पदा प्रभु पाशील प्रभु पदा प्रभु पाद प्रभु पाद प्रभु पाद जय जय प्रभु पाय विष्णु पाद परम ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सिक्स चैप्टर एटीन वर्स नंबर फोर्टी एट धौतवास नावसीताधौतवास Anybody from this big crowd? Nasam bhasita durjanai. 
<coughs> One more, at least someone. Word for word meaning na na not apsu in water snayat must bathe nakupeta must not become angry nasambhasita must not speak durjanai with wicked persons navasita must not wear adhauta vasaha Unwashed clothes. Srijam, flower garlands. Cha and Vidritam, which was already worn. Kvachit, ever. Translation, Mishra Prabhupada. Kashyapa Muni continued, My dear gentle wife, never enter the water while bathing, never be angry and do not speak or associate with wicked people. Never wear clothes that have not been properly washed and do not put on a garland that has already been worn. There is no purpose, so we will do the next verse also. No chestam chandikanam cha samisam vrishalaharitam bunjito dakkaya drishtam piben nanjali natvapa. Never eat leftover food. Never eat prasad offered to Goddess Kali or Durga, and do not eat anything contaminated by flesh or fish. Do not eat anything brought or touched by a Shudra, nor anything seen by a woman in her menstrual period. Do not drink water by joining your palms. <coughs> Generally, the goddess Kali is offered food containing meat and fish, and therefore Kashyap Muni strictly forbade his wife to take the remnants of such food. Actually, a Vaishnava is not allowed to take any food offered to the demigods. A Vaishnava is always fixed in accepting prasad offered to Lord Vishnu. What is that? Through all these instructions, Kashyapa Muni, in a negative way, instructed his wife Diti how to become a Vaishnavi. You can repeat this translation. Kashyapa Muni continued. My dear gentle wife, never the enter never enter the water while bathing. Never be angry and do not speak or associate with wicked people. Never wear clothes that have not been okay, never wear clothes that have not been properly washed and do not put a, on a garland that has already been worn. Om Ajnanati Mirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Bandeham Shri Guru Shri Uthapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathanvitam Tam Sajeevam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhanvitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dīna-bandhu-jagat-pate-gopesha-gopika-kānta-rādha-kānta-namastute 
तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानु सुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वंशा कल्पतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतितनाम पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्रीअद्वैत गाधर श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे नमो विष्णुपदाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमद्भक्तिवेदात स्वामी नितिनाम नमस्ते सरस्वती देव गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष सुनवादी पाश्चात्य देश तारिणे हरे कृष्णा so now these few verses are in continuation to kashyap muni's instructions to his wife starting starting from yesterday's verse where the pumsaman ceremony where diti wants a child pumsaman means child giving ceremony she wants a son who can kill indra as we have been hearing in the past time from last few weeks so uh, now kashyap muni in this in this section especially verse 47 to 53 giving her instructions on on the do's and don'ts especially the don'ts what she should not do and uh, many of such instructions are are uh, pretty interesting just to know that he has mentioned these statements yesterday her grace ambhuru mataji gave a very nice class explaining on envy and how it causes destruction in one's happiness whether it's material or spiritual so now in this verse number 48 and 49 further instructions kashyap muni is giving to his wife diti uh, i want to read something uh, from burujan pro's book the whale begins to part where he has given an explanation on on fifth and sixth canto he gives he takes a very nice take and it's something very interesting to know how how even though diti wants a son to kill indra to kill somebody still diti has a very interesting quality and the very interesting quality which diti has uh, that is she depends on superiors for her power even though she wants to kill somebody so uh, i'll just read paragraph which burjan pro writes and i felt it's very very amazing way of looking at it prabhu writes although diti's motives in serving her husband are less than ideal because she wants to kill she still has the good quality of depending on those more powerful than herself to get the results she desires such dependence acknowledges that we are finite beings and it is therefore a humble approach a step forward on the path to surrender and a more sincere dependence on the supreme personality of godhead of course this acknowledgement of our dependence flies in the face of the ethos of modern western society where dependence is considered weak and independence is considered ideal after all isn't dependence self limiting and self imposed isn't the channel through the universe supposed to open for us who desire it strongly enough aren't happiness wealth and success a product of our own choices and attitude aren't we all free than to be living our dreams to make a point then diti however is not a product of modern kaliyuga society and as inappropriate as her desire is still she knows that to fulfill it she has to take shelter of someone in this case her husband kashyapa muni and because kashyapa is wife he will direct her to one who is capable of awarding awarding her true shelter and fulfilling all her desires in the most wonderful ways so we see in 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 vedic culture does not matter how how sinful your desire may be in terms of control power in terms of even killing somebody we have seen so many examples in our scriptures where 
they do take shelter of superior personalities. When Hiranyakashipu found that his brother Hiranyaksh has been killed by the Lord, by Lord Varaha, he goes and he starts meditating on Lord Brahma. For thousands of years of, of, of strict meditation, his hands raised in the sky, standing on one toe, he meditated for thousands of years so that he can gain powers from Brahma. And it's a, even though Diti is not, uh, Diti is mother of Hiranyakashipu, but uh, her, her purification will be much faster and it's much better in, if you compare her situation with Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu was killed, but Diti is not killed, she's purified. So Hiranyakashipu prays to Lord Brahma so that he can kill Vishnu. We see similar thing in example of, of, of Ravana. Ravana, to gain powers, had to satisfy Lord Shiva. And of course, many people call him as a great devotee of Lord Shiva, but because they don't read Ramayana very thoroughly. Ravana did worship Lord Shiva, but that was only because he himself was stuck in a situation when he was trying to show his power after gaining many benedictions from, from Brahma and other personalities, Ravan went on a spree to show how powerful he is all around. And then he saw this Kailash, this mountain, and he wanted to show his power by lifting it. When he was trying to lift the mountain, Lord Shiva saw, what is this commotion all about? And Mother Parvati also questioned, what, why this movement is happening on the mountain? And Lord Shiva smiled and said, oh, this, this fool is making a display of his power. I'll also play with him. So Lord Shiva takes his toe of his, of his feet and he just presses on the mountain. And Ravan couldn't handle the weight of the mountain which he was very easily lifting. And he gets pra practically stuck underneath the mountain. And that's where he started reciting prayers to Lord Shiva in glorification. And then, he's, then to ask for more benedictions, he offered his head in the yagya, kund yagya kund so that Lord Shiva can give him all benedictions what he wants. <laughs> after, after, after giving his head ten times, Lord Shiva was finally pleased with him. So he did not ask Lord Shiva after, after seeing Lord Shiva being pleased, that please make me a greatest devotee of you. Please bless me with pure devotion to you. Please bless me with bhakti in my heart that I can just serve you selflessly. No. He wanted more and more power. He wanted that Lanka, which was made up of gold. He wanted all the powers. And what he did with those powers? He exploited. He exploited the resources. He exploited people. He exploited so many women. Ramayana very specifically says Ravan was a, 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 a serial woman offender. Uh, he was just forcefully kidnapping women and trying to enjoy. So this is what he did. And he is very, very well glorified as Shiva, devotee of Lord Shiva. But it was a very selfish approach he had. And many other such personalities in Vedic culture we see that uh, even for sense enjoyment, they are very, they're very focused and they approach superior personalities. Mm. But of course, Deity is, is, is a better example because she was very, very, very much purified by by her devotional service by the by the blessings of her husband also so i mean see there's this huge number there is huge list of of such examples like basmasura he also worshiped lord shiva to gain powers that whoever whoever head he touches should blast so so we see all the time in the scriptures uh, the devotees who are worshipping the great demigods, even Lord Shiva or Mother Durga, uh, we don't see the mentality of, of, of worshipper changing after the worship is done, or even if they get audience of the Lord, of, their, of, their, of the worshipable deity. The mentality, the consciousness remains the same. Hardly there are any examples, at least I haven't come across uh, any such examples where a change in heart takes place. And we, but on the contrary, we see a, a big list of people approaching Lord Vishnu and there is a transformation in the heart. Dhruva Maharaj, Diti here, and so many others. 
which, which includes all of us when we are trying to practice devotional service. Uh, we may come to Krishna in the beginning to gain some material benefits. We may come to Krishna to ask for some money to remove our distress or whatever reasons for good health or, or, or all material purposes. But it is the potency of the devotional service which purifies the practitioner. And here it's a very clear example in the case of Diti and Kashyapa. So Buddhism Prabhu, uh, in, his, in, his, in his explanation, in his commentary on these cantos, is, is putting this point forward very specifically, that in this current, the ethos of this current modern day Western society is that you act independently and that's your glory. Uh, no need to ask anyone anything. It's you, you are the achiever. And then the law of attraction is quoted so many times, uselessly in many occasions, that you, you ask for something so intensely, you desire for something so intensely that the universe should move around and create that facility for you. Uh, so this is a very f famous uh, law which people are very much attracted to, in that the law itself is law of attraction. Because the whole, whole uh, workings of, of the universe is not understood. And that's why, that's why uh, it's, it's quoted inappropriately. People don't understand while quoting, especially the motivational speakers, they don't understand that while they are quoting this law of attraction, they forget that out of 100, only two success stories are there. But they quote the success story, saying that, see, law of attraction worked for them. But what about 98%? which for whom it did not work. So it's, there is no harm in hearing success stories, but the problem is if you don't understand the tattva, the philosophy of the workings of this creation, then, then instead of getting motivated when we don't get the result, the demotivation that follows can be very detrimental, can be very harmful. So, because there is law of karma surrounding it. You just, it's, everything is not based on our desire. There is, there is, there are more workings happening in this, in this cosmos. Uh, we have our previous reactions attached to it. We have, we have the blessings of, of, of superiors that attached to our, our lives. There's so many other aspects attached to it. Like Bhagavad Gita talks about, uh, any action to take place, there are, it's not just an individual and his in, individual desire. Mm, there are, there is, there is devas involved, there is endeavor involved, there is, there, are, there is usage of our senses and mind involved in that action and other, other things are also mentioned. So we just cannot uh, very uh, uh, inappropriately quote and, and, and expect also this law of attraction to work because it will not work. But that still doesn't leave an opportunity for us to desire something extraordinary, but we must understand that even if we want to achieve something superior, we must be humble enough to approach those personalities who are capable of granting a benediction. So, and we see all such examples. So, now we see in these particular verses, there are, the, the instructions are in negation. Don't do this, don't do that, uh, you should avoid this, avoid that. And specifically when we see verse number 48, 49, there are instructions like never enter the water while bathing. So how do you take bath? It, I think it's more indicative of a bucket bath than entering a river. So never be angry, do not associate with wicked, wicked people. Don't wear clothes which are not washed properly or a garland that has been worn by someone else because as soon as someone wears a garland, even, even this garland also we, we take. The Supreme Lord wears it whole day, then it goes to Srila Prabhupada. And then their blessing, their Mahaprasad we wear. So sometimes we see devotees very, just, just passing around their garlands. Uh, it does carry the effects of person who was wearing it before. So, and then in verse number 49, where, that's where our discussion will be for today's uh, topic. That is, never eat leftover food, never eat prasad offered to Goddess Kali or Durga. Do not eat anything that is contaminated by flesh or fish. 
do not eat anything brought or touched by a shudra or a woman in her menstrual period do not drink water by joining palms so in this particular purport shila propad shila propad has uh, uh, very specifically mentioned how how food that is offered to goddess kali in most cases is 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 uh, containing meat and flesh so how can one accept in the name of prasad there is a few few weeks back there was a news i was just reading that one of the politicians from in uh, in bengal was asking indian prime minister oh if you claim yourself to be hindu because uh, indian prime minister is vegetarian so he he was saying if you claim yourself to be hindu and that was durga puja time going on in bengal so his, his claim was that if you are hindu then you should accept flesh that is offered to durga devi because it's prasad so if you claim yourself to be hindu then as hindu you should eat that flesh because it is offered to durga devi and you claim yourself as as uh, as follower of durga devi so you should eat so just reading that statement only was a was a laughing matter because while making that statement that person has hardly any clue of of how the vedic culture is designed he has hardly any clue how all different worships within the vedic culture is 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 explained so when you when some when statements like this are made because i remember in my childhood my father uh, in delhi there is a temple of bhaironath uh, he he was the demon who was killed by mother durga but he he has temples also so if you go to his temple the the offering itself is of wine or whiskey there is nothing else that is offered to him nothing else whatsoever and and it's it's famous on sundays you know sundays you go there to this to this place and i've i've been there few times in my childhood with my father and then and we would go there and naturally the offering is <laughs> the bhoga which you offer to the deity in the temple is 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 whiskey and then what do you get in return is whiskey <laughs> as prasad so then because it's very bitter so the father will give some drops to us or if we have come to temple at least take some prasad uh, and and we would very religiously take it but <laughs> <laughs> but now you see when when we look back now uh, what sort of worship was that very tamasic uh, the worship in extreme mode of ignorance uh, so so now you can't say oh because it's 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 under the realm of of sanatan dharma so as prasad you should accept no you have choice you have choice and your choice is that even if you want to worship in which modes you want to worship higher beings whether you want to worship them in mode of ignorance which is tamagun in mode of passion that is rajagun or in mode of goodness that's satvagun so we see this this amazing difference this contrast that here in in bengal when durga puja happens animal flesh is so easily offered in many other places even in nepal in many other places also when when such worships are happening very easily animals are slaughtered and it's part of tradition but that same durga devi is worshiped in very north of india in jammu where as as vaishno devi there even onion and garlic is not offered to her and it's very satvic food so now what is right that is right or this is right so the so this is this is where the vedic culture must be understood in its thoroughness exactly what is trying to do and when we understand then we naturally appreciate the position of krishna as a supreme lord and we appreciate why such instructions are given in bhagavatam and shri prabhupada is making a statement that one should strictly not eat such food even if they are offered to a demigod so this 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 can be understood very properly because scriptures do talk about positives and negatives what should be done and what should be avoided we see you know when someone takes initiation in iskon there are two set of vows one is what should you do and one is what should you should not do we should do 16 rounds of chanting of hari krishna mahamantra every day and what we should not do is no meat eating no intoxication
no gambling and no illicit sex. So then meat eating naturally includes fish and eggs. Because even if some airlines you fly and you order a vegetarian meal, especially if you're flying Thai Airways, egg is vegetarian for them. And uh, in some places, seafood is vegetarian, some flights. So, so that's why no meat, no fish and eggs. Is some, some spiritual master, they very specifically ask this question. So, in nectar devotion, again we see when 64 items of devotional service are mentioned. So the first 10 items, which are very important items, which, which includes the shelter of spiritual master and taking initiation and guidance from him, our first 10 are the do's, what we should do. And the next 10 are the don'ts, what we should avoid uh, in that list. You know, there are items like one should not disrespect the demigods. Uh, the devata should not be disrespected. One should not be under the spell of lamentation in loss or jubilation in gain. Uh, one should not give unnecessary trouble to any living entity. And like this, there is a list of ten. So, so scriptures do talk about, uh, you know, the vidhi or nished, the regulations to be followed and items to be avoided. So then why in scriptures so much contradictions are given? And these contradictions are, are, are very specifically mentioned in scriptures where we see one, one scripture, especially if you take Shiva Puran, very clearly mentions, okay, Lord Shiva is supreme and you must worship. And here we are reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavat Puran, here it very specifically mentions Lord Shiva as the topmost devotee of Lord Vishnu. Vaishnavanam Yathashambo. And if you carefully observe, it's a contradiction. Apparently, from external point of view, if you don't understand the totality of it. There are instructions where there are there are instances where in tenth canto there is fight between Lord Shiva and Krishna. And uh, and Lord Shiva gets defeated. And he is so happy being defeated that he offers prayers. In Mohini Murthy's pastimes, there are these are pastimes where, where Lord Shiva wants to experience and wants to see how this very attractive, beautiful form of a woman, which the Supreme Lord took to bewilder the demigods, Lord Shiva is very eager to see that form. And Lord Vishnu tells him, don't see that form, because it is so enchanting that even you can't handle it. But Lord Shiva, in his mind, wants to glorify the Supreme Lord that, yes, only he can bewilder me, and yes, he is capable of bewildering me also. So when Mohini Murti is, Lord assumes the form of Mohini Murti, Lord Shiva gets so agitated that as, as a person afflicted with lust, he starts running behind Mohini Murti. And when he gets so agitated and he, he, he falls down from his position, not physically, but he, he experiences, oh, what am I doing? I was influenced by the yoga maya, by the amazing beauty of the Supreme Lord. And he gets so happy that this is the greatness of my Lord. So when we see such contradictions in scriptures, uh, it can confuse people. And it does confuse people. And then, then many people who, many, many people who wants to, who, who become proponents of Hinduism, they will come and say, oh, you know, in ISKCON also they speak about, they speak as if, it's a Semitic religion or a Brahmic religion where only monotheism is smashed, only one God, one God, one God. No, Vedic scriptures have time and time out has have explained that God is one. His, his manifestations can be many. And then there are subordinates to that same Supreme Lord who are helping him in the workings of the creation. So uh, the, the, the whole understanding of monotheism is very well spread out. So why this contradiction? Scriptures very specifically mentioned, and I'll quote a couple of verses from uh, from uh, Padma Puran, Uttarakhand. This is chapter 236, verse 22, 21 to 22. So Padma Puran, this is a section where there is a conversation happening between Lord Shiva and Mother Parvati. So Lord Shiva says, Sattvika moksha da prokta rajasa sarvada shubha 
तथा तम सहदेवी निर्णय प्राप्ति हेतव तथा स्मृतया प्रोक्ता त्रिभिस्त्रिगुणावित सात्विक पुराण्स आर सेट टू गिव लिबरेशन राजसिक पुराण्स इज एवरीथिंग इन ऑस्पिशियस एंड तामसिक पुराण्स कॉज इज वन टू गो टू हेल्प ओ देवी दस दे शुड बी रिमेम्बर्ड एज एंडाउड विथ थ्री गुणास सो दिस कम्स वेन लॉर्ड शिवा इज ऑलरेडी एक्सप्लेन हाउ देर आर एटीन पुराणास डिवाइडेड इंटू थ्री सेक्शंस सो सिक्स इन मोड ऑफ गुडनेस सिक्स इन मोड ऑफ पैशन एंड सिक्स इन मोड ऑफ इग्नोरेंस सो पुराणस लाइक लाइक लिंग पुराण शिव पुराण मारकंडे नॉट मारकंडे वामन पुराण एंड ऑल लिस्ट इज देयर विच इज इन तमस तमसी पुराण विच आर इन इन लोएस्ट मोड ऑफ मोड विच आर इन लोअर मोड्स एंड देन देर आर पुराण लाइक भागवत पुराण विष्णु पुराण विच आर इन सत्वगुण सात्विक पुराण so lord shiva is mentioning that the instructions itself given in these scriptures will lead you to certain destination but the question comes then why such instructions are given in scriptures why not very clearly just mention everyone worship the supreme lord worship lord vishnu and and this should be seen with a careful lens that scriptures are not having contradiction but its concession and the concession is so that everyone does not matter what one's consciousness is can be raised in their in their in their journey under the umbrella of vedic vedic knowledge sanatan dharma for example if someone is a chain smoker and you tell that person quit smoking that person will quit you as an advisor <laughs> because because he cannot quit smoking so if if scriptures start speaking uh, in a way that this is the only way and you must stick to this instruction and any deviation will take you to hell you will burn in the fire of hell for eternity if instructions are made like that people will reject so what scriptures are doing that they are giving different sets of instruction where does not matter what level of consciousness you are at there is a possibility to upgrade so if someone is a chain smoker you can you can tell them okay reduce it come to come to two or four smokes a day but that same person will see that you are going to a person who are, who is not addicted to smoking but he smokes one or two cigarettes a day and you say okay quit smoking and he agrees and that there is a person who is watching these two sets of instruction that one is been instructed okay you smoke three four cigarettes a day and one person gets an instruction you don't smoke at all and he say oh there is a problem you are biased there is a contradiction in your instruction there you are biased towards one not to the other because you give two separate sets of instruction so this is what vedic scriptures are doing it's not contradiction it's based on the individual's capacity to handle an instruction it's given if someone is so much addicted to enjoying meat or flesh of an animal they may not be able to give up straight away so scriptures do recommend process where they are restricted only on the on the amavasya day where no moon is there you go you yourself kill the animal see i to i and then you can eat the flesh because it is it will be very discouraging for someone but you can still there are prohibitions where you can still eat animal flesh but one must understand while performing even such activities even in the name of prashad of different devatas there are there are sinful reactions this illusion one should not be in that because i have offered durga on durga puja animal flesh and it's prashad now there is no sinful reaction there is and that's why instructions in tamasik puran causes one to go to hellish conditions but the benefit is what because you have accepted the instructions of superior beings and scriptures you don't live in hell forever you you suffer the reactions of one's sinful activities and then the next destination is superior than the previous one and this is this is where uh, vedic scriptures are extraordinarily accommodating very very accommodating because we see in in semantic religions or in abrahamic religion the the instruction comes across as if if in this one life you don't accept our god 
then when you die, you on, live till the time of judgment day, you wait of course, and then you burn in the fire of hell eternally. So I was hearing one Islamic scholar on this point, that why do they say such, such statement? Because it's a very strong statement, that if in this one life you don't accept our God, then you burn forever, for eternity. Because I, I just couldn't digest it, because why God will do that for eternity if this in one life you don't accept Him? So the, his explanation was, according to him, he was making so much sense, but if someone knows Vedic scriptures, it was not no sense at all. He said, God is unlimited, accepted. He has unlimited attributes, accepted. He has unlimited qualities, accepted. He has unlimited attributes and qualities in unlimited quantity, accepted. Then he says, because you reject those unlimited attributes and unlimited qualities, which are in unlimited quantity, that's why you suffer unlimitedly, eternally, because you've rejected that person with those qualities. And I was thinking to myself when I heard this statement, that amongst those unlimited attributes and qualities in unlimited quality, quantity, one of his quality is compassion, and that is also unlimited, and that, that is also never-ending. So how that unlimited, compassionate Supreme Lord will let the living entity burn in hell forever? and will not give any other opportunity whatsoever, because in this one life you haven't accepted him. And that's why when you, when you see such explanations in Vedic scriptures, we understand that, oh, okay, uh, it's, it's far accommodating in its, in its core. It's, uh, there, is no, there is no concept of alienating anybody. There is no concept of, uh, it's, it's very, very inclusive. Why? Because the whole basis is compassion. The whole purpose of the Supreme Lord to give these scriptures, which may appear to be contradictory, is compassion. Mm. To, to raise the living entity from whatever position one is at. Mm. And, and this is one of the reasons we must understand how we are spirit soul on a journey, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, from one destination to another to another within this material creation. It's not just we live once and whatever we do once is the cause, is the reason for all eternity of our happiness or distress. Because it's a journey, it's a continuation. Otherwise, how do you explain a person born and a very young child with one or two years having musical talents, who gave him if there is no continuation? If, if the child is born and from very young age, he, the child shows traits which parents have never taught the child, then who gave the child those traits? One, one time I was distributing books and I was questioned by a person. He was, he was, he was practicing some, some, some sort of Christianity. I don't know exactly what he was practicing. So he told me, oh, you believe in law of karma? I said, yes. He said, no, law of karma doesn't exist. I said, why? He said, uh, because for law of karma to exist, we must be on a journey, but we are not. It's just one life. I said, how do you explain it? Everything that's happening in your life is just a matter of good luck and bad luck and there is no previous karmic reactions involved. It is just good luck and bad luck, everything that takes place in your life. And for him it was a little difficult to answer because everything that happens in my life, throughout my life, is just a combination of good luck and bad luck. Because everything is not based on your choice. While you're walking on a street, car hits you, you don't choose to be hit by a car, but it comes to you. So it's, it was just my bad luck. And like this, thousands of events that takes place in my life, Per day, few hundreds may take place sometimes. Are just combination of good luck and bad luck, and there is no karmic influence, which is of which is coming from many many lives, and that has created a pattern in my life. I don't choose my parents. I don't. I have no chance to choose my family. I have no chance to choose my height, my beauty, my gender, my species, and everything is just good luck and bad luck. I have no choice to choose my my inclinations. Everything is just 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 combination of good luck and bad luck and nothing more to it <laughs> so you see so so we must understand the 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 whole
whole spectrum of why Vedic scriptures are the way they are. Uh, and, and when we see this particular purport where Srila Prabhupada is saying, actually a Vaishnava is not allowed to take any food offered to demigods, is because the demigods themselves are not accepting that food. It appears that Mother Kali has accepted the flesh we offer to her. But scriptures very specifically mention that if, if animals are slaughtered and offered to Mother Kali, she doesn't even touch it. She just gives to all the ghosts and goblins who are accompanying her and feeds them. Then how will you get prasad? Because she has not accepted it. It's not her remnants anyways. Hmm? I was speaking to the other one boy the other day. He said, he was, he was boasting, I am a great devotee of Hanumanji. I was a great devotee of Hanumanji. I said, okay, you're a great devotee of Hanuman. We are trying to be some tiny, tiny devotees of Krishna and we make sure that we only eat Krishna Prasad because we are trying to be a good devotee of Krishna. Now, Hanumanji, who is the greatest devotee of Lord Ram, you think he will not eat only Ram Prasad? When we are little devotees of Krishna, who are trying our best to only eat Krishna Prasad, Hanumanji, who is in the list of the greatest devotee of Lord Ram, you go, you take some sweets and put on his face and you expect he'll accept it and you eat as prasad. How will that happen? So, somehow it clicked him that, oh, it makes sense because why will Lord Hanuman eat anything I just take to him? But he said, oh, so that means if I offer it to Lord Ram and then offer it to Hanuman, he'll accept? I said, yes, that's the point. The whole point is this only. And, and we see in the past time, of Lord Shiva, when Narad Muni gave him some Mahaprasad and of Lord Vishnu, Lord Shiva was dancing in ecstasy. And when Mother Parvati saw Lord Shiva dancing in so much ecstasy, she inquired, what happened to you? Why are you so happy? And uh, Lord Shiva said, Narad Muni has given me Prasad, Mahaprasad of the Supreme Lord. And Mother Parvati said, okay, give me my share. Narad Muni said, it's finished. And she was upset that why he only gets the ecstasy, ecstasy to, to experience, why not me? I also want to get that. So she performs thousands of years of strict meditation to get, experience that ecstasy. And the benediction she got because of that, that tapasya, that austerity was that the Supreme Lord told her that in Kali Yuga when I will come as Neel Madhav, as Jagannath in Jagannath Puri, once I get the offering, every single offering will be given to you first. So in Jagannath Puri temple, if you see, when the prasad comes from Jagannath's temple, it doesn't go to public straight away. It first goes to Bimla Devi's temple, which is next to Jagannath's temple. So Bimla Devi, who is Mother Parvati herself, she gets the offering first. And when she receives the offering, then it comes to public. So, Hare Krishna. So then, what we are eating, and that's the speciality of Jagannath Prasadam, it's not just Mahaprasadam, it's Maha Mahaprasad. And, and we see these personalities are eagerly craving for Lord's mercy. And now we go and we take our offering of Bhang to Lord Shiva with betel nuts and all that, and we say, Lord Shiva, you accept, and he takes it, and we accept as if it's Prasad. You know what Lord Shiva is mentioning in Padma Puran here, in the, in the section? He says, worship of in tamas according to tamasic puran takes one to hell it it even though it's purifying you still go through hellish condition it's not liberating but whereas worship in sattvic ways especially based on sattvic puran which is devotion to lord vishnu can give liberation if done properly so that's the very specific instruction and and that's why food offered to demigods must be avoided because they may not even accept it. To purify us, for us to continue in our journey of, of self-realization, they may take it, but they don't accept as if, uh, as, and give us their prasad because they don't intake, they only take Lord Vishnu's Mahaprasad with all, with all happiness. So these were some of the points I thought I'll discuss. One last point it says, you know, food touched by Shudras. 
and that that even raises question you know oh this is this is very strong statement why food thus by shudras is avoided uh, nothing wrong in it because especially kaliyuga everyone is a shudra if we every instruction given by kashyapa muni cannot be followed now because these they were specifically for that particular time and place so if we follow this instruction of food no food by shudra we ourselves will go hungry so uh, there were reasons why these instructions were given because very crystal clear division of brahmanical culture kshatriya culture and then vaishya shudra was very specifically mentioned so so we take it in that light hari krishna any question or comments on what we discussed yes hari krishna speaking Thank you for the nice class. Um you were talking about how well, we should not eat prasadam offered to the demigods. So sometimes we see our friend they say that uh like you offer food which is jhota. So we say that no it's not jhota because they haven't eaten it and then they'll say that then what's the point of offering it? So how can we avoid these types of situations? Can you repeat it again? Sorry, I didn't first part I didn't get it. So like when they say that uh the so we say that we can't eat demigod prasad because we offer to lord krishna then they'll say that that is chuta prasad because like the lord is eating it and then you are eating it so then we'll say no they haven't eaten it. it's not chuta then they'll say then what's the point of offering it so how can we avoid these types of situations i'll repeat the question i hope i understood it well so you're saying if you offer something to lord krishna ओकेस्टीड and it has potency to purify whoever comes in contact of that because it is now you now you, you can't explain that to someone who doesn't understand or value the supreme lord because uh, as soon as we come in contact with the supreme lord in any shape or form uh, the result is same and the result is purification so so yes food that is eaten by someone else even though it may be contaminated but that rule doesn't apply to the supreme lord do you know why because there is nothing material about his form everything is spiritual about krishna everything to a degree that he has senses which can be interchanged so now further question someone can say oh you keep a plate in front of the lord and you chant mantras but you get the same plate back nothing is eaten right nothing is eaten so on what basis you say that the lord eats it because in the form of deity the supreme lord eats through his eyes and because his all senses are interchangeable you know you come every day 7 o'clock darshan we read angani yasya sakalendriya vrittimanti his all the senses can are interchangeable he can he can walk with his hands Uh, he can see with his ears if he wants to he can see with, from behind his head if he wants to he can he can uh, eat from his eyes so so why because material law doesn't apply to the supreme lord and that's that's the same principle that goes to his remnants the food that is offered to him and then we eat his remnants even the remnant is 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 uh, discouraged to eat people's remnants but for the supreme lord and his pure devotees it's encouraged you know not just the supreme lord even his pure devotees it's encouraged that one one should 
somehow or other try to get the remnants of Krishna's pure devotees. Why? Because from morning to night, their whole life, 24-7, is nothing but devotion. And, and the question should come, why remnants are rejected? Why, why, why people say don't accept remnants? Because it carries karma. There are two ways to, to get karma of someone. One is dust of their feet and other is their, their saliva, their leftover food, which comes in the food, of course. So that, that, through that, one can attract other person's karma. But if someone doesn't have karma and someone only has pure devotion, so that's what we will attract. And, and because, and this particular activity, which is so uplifting and so pure in nature, many times devotees, they, they put it in action little frivolously. And they say, they, they steal or they forcefully take someone's food from the plate, you know, it becomes a sportive activity. Whereas we see in Chaitanya Charitamrita, there are personalities who would be in tears if given an opportunity to eat remnants of a pure devotee. Uh, and their lives have changed to for good, basically. There, are, there, are, there is a pastime of a devotee who would sit and wait outside devotee's house hiding because what he'll do strategically, he'll go and offer mangoes to the pure devotee's house. And what do you do after you eat mangoes? You throw the seed out. So this devotee would hide and wait for an opportunity when they will throw the seed and he'll take the seed and eat their remnants. So that, so he'll do like this to so many pure devotees and he would wait outside the house that they'll throw the seed and he'll eat. But this, so this must be seen uh, with a lot of devotion. Not frivolously, not very, not a lot of, not a very playful way of seeing it. Then you see sometimes devotees touching each other's feet and it becomes a very sportive event. But if consciousness is put in place properly, one attracts mercy. Uh, is it okay? Means of course you can't explain like this to people, but for your own understanding I'm saying. Anything else? Grantrashyat Bhagatam ki jai Shila Prabhupada ki jai Nukai Gopremanandhi Hari Haribo